0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, uh, tonight, obviously, um, tomorrow is the big day, Thanksgiving. I'm super excited about that, one of my favorite days of the year. But it's not, you know, honestly, in all sincerity, not, it's not about the food. And, uh, and, and I love that, okay? Hear me out. Hear me out. But, uh, really, what a... There should be more days of Thanksgiving in our year than just really one day set aside. Because I don't know about you, my life is really, really good. And it's not because I've accumulated massive amounts of wealth and because I'm the most famous guy in the world. It's because Jesus is good to me every single day day and i know that hey i've faced some things gone through a few storms even in 2021 but praise god we always come out on top every single time i've never lost ever you're like what what are you talking about man thanks be unto god who always causes us to triumph in christ jesus every situation every hardship that i face i win every single time and it's not because i've got it all together it's because jesus has it all together amen and by the grace of god we always come through and we always win and so uh, i'm just very very grateful for all that the lord has done in my life and in this church and in your lives it has been a wonderful wonderful year And so the title tonight is this. The title is this. Always remember always remember and you know we we hear things you know all the time these days about people speculating about well the problem with America today is this and the problem with Christianity today is this the problem in the body of Christ is this and people say all sorts of different things but really i think one of the big problems that a lot of us face is the problem of memory loss and i'm not talking about you can't remember where the car keys are i'm talking about jesus parted the Red Sea for you and he tore down the walls of Jericho in your life and you don't even remember to thank him about it six months later. That's a problem. That's an issue. And I'm telling you right now, you need to remember the things that God has done for you and that Jesus has brought you through. And so I want to look at an opening verse tonight before we get into everything. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 46. I mean, come on, Isaiah chapter forty-six. Yeah. All right, I'm have to promise the internet crowd that there is a live there is a live crowd here tonight. There. Okay, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 9. And I know they talk about that, that turkey, that, you know, that give, you get that turkey coma, you get the itis from the turkey. Listen, hold on. (laughs) You haven't ate your turkey yet, so there's no excuse. You better be awake, better be awake tonight. Come on. So Isaiah chapter 46 and, uh, and verse 9. Praise God. And I'm just, I'm so grateful, man, that, that God has done so many wonderful things. I've seen so many lives changed this year, so many people touched by the hand of God, so many people healed, so many people delivered from addictions. I don't get tired of that. I love it every single day to see what God's doing. So Isaiah 46, verse 9, it says, Remember the things I have done in the past. For I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. I'm telling you now, you can search far and wide, high and low, Near and far everywhere, there is nobody like our God. There is nobody who can do the things that he can do, who has done the things that he has done. And you need to know that you need to remember the things that he has already done in your past. And I know that every single one of us in here can think of a time when God rescued us, when God saved us. Or he provided for us when we were in a bad situation, and I would venture to say that most of us could think of several times and instances where he's done that, and you know that there's been times where there was no way you would have made it on your own. You know that, but Jesus himself came to the rescue and bailed you out of that situation. Jesus has brought me out of bad spots that I didn't deserve to be in, and he's Brought me out of bad spots that I did deserve to be in. But praise God, either way, he has always come through for me. And so he says here, remember the things I have done in the past. For I alone am God, I am God, and there is none like me. And so I remind you that, hey, you've survived 100% of the difficult days and seasons that you've faced so far. Have you survived every single one so far? Uh, you're here, alright? So don't forget to remember what God has already brought you through. Because when we forget the things that God has done, when we begin to, uh, just lose sight of all the, 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 the times that He's healed us, the times that He's delivered us and rescued us, we open up the door to some pretty bad things in our life. And so what I want to do tonight is this. I want to look at a few things uh, that happen when you forget what Jesus has done for you. And so, again, I think we should have 365 days of Thanksgiving every single year. But praise God, since we just uh, at least have this one we're dealing with right now, we're going to focus on a few things here. So let's pray, and we're going to dig into the Word of God for a few minutes. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you tonight with grateful, thankful hearts. And Lord, we know just like King David said, every good thing I have comes from you and I and I pray that we realize that tonight and Lord as we study your word as we look at the holy scriptures I pray that you'll help us to keep our focus on you keep our hearts on you and I pray that you'll speak to every single person here tonight God I know that you want to get our attention and you want to remind us of some things that maybe we've forgotten or maybe that we've lost sight of but either way we ask you to have your way tonight and do what you need to do in the name of Jesus can somebody say Amen. So we're going to look at three things tonight about what can happen when you forget what Jesus has done for you. Number one, when you forget, you become fearful. When you forget what Jesus has done for you, you become fearful, and that's a—I mean—that's a bad spot to be in. And and fear is a bigger issue than what you realize it is. I still see so many people. Bound and gripped by fear in so many areas of their life. And I hate that because the children of God, they, they, they do not, uh, they are not supposed to be walking in fear. Fear should not be uh, something that is controlling your life. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I've got a sound mind, brother. I'm not going to let the devil come in and rock me with fear. Not going to happen, because I know what Jesus has done for me. And so I want you to look tonight. We're going to go to the New Testament here, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Amen. And we're going to look at a, a story here of really the disciples. It, it, it's a little bit of a shameful story. It's a little bit of a story where you're like, come on, guys, you're better than that. You're better than that. Mark chapter 8, and we're going to look here uh, starting at verse 16. And we've got a story of, of the disciples. They're crossing to the other side of the water here. And it's just a silly situation. Mark chapter 8, and we're going to look here at verse 16 and these disciples man they were great guys but sometimes they're real knuckleheads and uh and i i'm glad that jesus picked these guys because that means there's hope for me because every now and then i'm a knucklehead and so i'm like well if you can use peter my gosh if you can use the sons of thunder you can use pastor dave so mark chapter 8 starting here at verse 16 it says at this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. And Jesus knew what they were saying so he said, "Why are you arguing about having no bread?" So they're crossing the lake here, and they're like, "Oh man, we forgot the bread." But guess what? If you've got Jesus in the boat, bread is the least of your concerns. This guy can do wonders with just a few pieces of bread. And so let's keep reading. He says, don't you know or even understand yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? I'm like, gosh, They kind of got under Jesus' skin here a little bit. And, you know, we know that Jesus had the warm, comforting, merciful, fuzzy side. But Jesus also was a tremendous leader. And sometimes a good leader knows how to say Look alive! Wake up! What's wrong with you? Don't you remember anything at all? And so sometimes Jesus' best friends, his disciples, his ministry team, his his people, uh, they they could get under his skin a little bit. And so I can tell that they struck a nerve with Jesus here. Look at verse 19. So he just said, don't you remember anything at all? What about when I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread? How many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? well 12 they said and and when when i fed the 4000 with seven loaves how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up well seven they said don't you understand yet he asked them and so you realize that jesus multiplied the fish and the loaves, on two occasions. A lot of us are familiar that he did the, fed the 5,000 that one time, and and there was the 12 baskets of leftovers. But on a totally separate occasion, he fed another crowd of 4,000 with some fish and loaves, and they had the baskets of leftovers there. And so I'm thinking, if there is anything I'm worried about with having Jesus Christ in the boat, bread is not on the list. He has proved himself time and time again. And so I, we're looking at this and, and it's easy to laugh at these guys, yet how many times has Jesus provided the bread in your life? And then here you come with a little hardship and you're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do this time? I have no idea. Well, hold on. Didn't Jesus come through last time? Did he, did, uh, am I unaware of something? Did, did, did Jesus leave? Did he forsake us and nobody told me? No. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he brought bread last time, he'll bring bread this time. There is no bread shortage in heaven. The bread isn't stuck out on some boats out on the coast of Long Beach, and we can't get it unloaded. The bread is available, amen? Jesus is so good at this bread thing, he said in John 6, 35, that I am the bread of life. Jesus doesn't have a bread shortage. And so if there is a, a, an area in your life where you're like, well, man, I know, but I I, I I feel sick. Well, didn't Jesus heal you last time? Then what's the deal? Didn't Well, I know, but we've got this going on. And now they say there's a shortage of this, and, and then turkey prices are up 27% this year, and blah, 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 blah. Listen, shut it. Jesus, if he came through last time, he will come through this time. Jesus doesn't change. And I know we're all like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But no, you need to get that revelation in your heart. If something changed, it wasn't Jesus. okay? and there's been times where I got to say, you know what? Something's changed, but it was me. It wasn't Jesus. I need to get my faith back where it belongs. I need to remember what he did, because when you forget, what Jesus has already done, mark my words—you open the door to fear operating in your life. You'll do stupid things like worry about bread, and you're forgetting that you have witnessed Jesus come through time and time again. I was thinking of this guy I worked with in Oklahoma. Uh, he had been healed of lymphoma cancer—a bona fide miracle. I mean, he, uh, he the real deal, healed by the hands of Jesus, and it was strange, because all the time, he'd have these minor ailments, and just be like, oh man, this could be the big one, I don't know, I, I feel my, my chest is probably a heart attack, and just all this crazy stuff all the time, and finally, this one lady says one night, she's like, um didn't you get healed of like stage four lymphoma cancer? Uh, Why are you always afraid about about getting sick all the time? And he's like, well, I I don't want to push it. You know, I don't want to just assume that Jesus would heal me again. And I'm saying right now, I had cancer once, okay? And I'm not afraid of having it again because the same Jesus that healed me when I was three would heal me again right now at 36. And I'm serious about that. I mean that with all my heart. I'm not afraid of that. Well, that's crazy because you know that. Listen, I know that Jesus is my healer. Amen. By his stripes, I've been healed. And so I don't have to be afraid of these things because I am well aware that Jesus is in the boat with me. And I've seen him provide bread time and time again. I've seen him heal time and time again and when we forget what he's done we open the door to fear and fear is not something that the children of god should be playing around with you know it's crazy fear can become a sin do you realize that that fear can straight up become sin in your life because you begin to believe something else more than you believe Jesus himself. Jesus says, oh, no, 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 no. I'll provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. And you're like, well, I know it says that, but uh, this over here, my bank account says this. Well, who are you going to believe? And when you elevate the word of something else over the word of God, that's pretty disrespectful, really. That, that, that starts to get borderline like that's disrespectful to Jesus and his word. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And so when we begin to elevate other opinions, other things over, well, yeah, but these are facts over here. Those may be facts, but listen, Facts can change. Jesus is truth, and truth doesn't change. Amen? And so if the truth says, oh, no, you always triumph in Christ Jesus, then I'm going to stick with the truth of God's word. And so I refuse to let fear come into my life. I refuse to let fear have a stronghold. And, And the more that I remember the things that Jesus has already done, the smaller and smaller fear becomes in my life. And so you're like well yeah but but last time it was only this big this time my problem's this big and i think about King David. We talked about this on Sunday. But David was a master of remembering the littler things that God had already done. By the time Goliath showed up, David was fearless, man. He was ready to fight the biggest battle he had ever seen in his life. And so remember, First Samuel 17, Goliath's out there huffing and puffing and, and breathing down his neck. And David said, oh no, the same God that helped me to be a bear, the same God that helped me beat the lion is going to help me take you down. What was he doing? He was remembering the previous victories he had already won. Now, he had never faced anything as big as Goliath and an entire Philistine army, but it was no big deal because he was magnifying God and he was remembering what God had already done in his life. Let me ask you tonight, is there somebody in here that God's done something pretty big in your life so far i mean you used to be addicted to something you're not addicted anymore you used to be sick you're not sick anymore you used to be controlled by something it doesn't control you anymore you used to be poor you're not poor anymore jesus came through for you come on Listen, I'm telling you right now, there is nothing in this world that should be holding you back right now when you remember what Jesus has already done. And so when you forget, you become fearful. And I'm not going to let the sin of fear control my life. All right. So the second thing I'm going to say is this. Number one, when you don't remember what Jesus has done for you. You become fearful. But number two, you become unthankful. You become unthankful. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to me to see a mass level of ungratefulness and unthankfulness when we've never had a more blessed generation in a lot of ways we've never had uh uh more bounty and 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 more just uh, we we are so blessed yet so many people don't realize this and so what i want you to do is look at luke chapter 17 luke chapter 17 are you still with me tonight amen do we have any thankful people in the house thank you jesus man i am so glad to be out of my house wow stuck in there for uh three weeks with a bunch of kids that was crazy good lord wow i mean the sickness part wasn't even bad it was just these kids everywhere gosh i love them but man then you gotta educate them too they're like what in the world gosh that's nuts wow but praise god we made it through so i'm thankful thank you jesus i love uh I love that we have children's church at church. You know what I mean? Isn't that nice to be able to let them go get ministered to? And you can come in here. Praise God. Luke 17. We're going to look at verses 12 through 18. <laughs> Luke 17, 12 through 18. Now, here's a familiar story that we often share um, about thankfulness. But man, what a this is just such a, a an accurate description of thankfulness. Luke 17. Verses 12 through 18, it says, as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, that's a big deal right there, man. I mean, they, these 10 guys, they've got leprosy. That is a gnarly condition to be living with. Your skin is rotting off of your bones. It is sick, and it's awful. And talk about being quarantined. I mean, you're quarantined for life. You can't be around anybody ever again. And so Jesus heals them. Think about what a life-changing moment This would be what a powerful moment. So verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he did. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, wait, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner. And so as we look at that story, I mean, a lot of you have heard this story, but think about that. Ten guys are healed of a fatal, awful, ridiculous disease, and only one out of ten even comes back to say thank you. And that's just incredible to me. And, And it seems nearly unbelievable until I stop and think about, hey, I've been in this church thing for a long time now, and I've seen Jesus really do some miracles. I've seen Jesus heal people of fatal diseases, restore broken marriages, return lost kids. I've seen Jesus just do miracle after miracle, and it's not that far from reality to say about 10% of people actually give Jesus some proper praise and thanks. I see it all the time, and I've seen it. Everywhere I've lived, and it's mind-blowing to, to see some of the things that I've seen Jesus do for people, and then six months later, they don't even bother showing up to His house. They don't even drive by, don't even drive by and give their nod at God. I mean, not even once a week, come on. People just, He, he, he absolutely, their life was in shambles. Their life was a wreck. And they called upon the name of the Lord and Jesus dropped everything and picked them up and gave them another chance and healed them and restored them. And maybe for just a little bit, they're like, you know what? I, I, I guess I owe the man upstairs a little bit. And then whatever, man, six months later, they don't even, they don't even come to church no more and read their Bible. They don't give God any praise at all. And I see that and I'm like, that makes, honestly, it makes me mad. What an insult that, that, that Jesus, the ruler of the universe, the king of kings, the lord of lords, Jesus came and died for us. Jesus came and took 39 lashes on his back so I could get healed of leukemia. Jesus came and, 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 and just absolutely went to hell for three days and three nights. It says he was down there in hell. He spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. He went toe-to-toe with the devil and with every demon for three days and three nights and laid it all on the line for us and rescued us time and time again, even when we deserved to be in some of those bad spots that we have found ourselves in, and then we don't even have the decency to say thank you. It breaks my heart. And I've been guilty. I've been guilty. But my God, shame on me for the times that I haven't given him praise. Shame on me. Shame on you for the times that we haven't given him praise or how quickly we forget you know oh wait you know i've got a little distance between me and that situation now i don't even you know what i i i don't even think about it i mean come on if jesus hadn't come through where in the world would you be right now you wouldn't be in that house you wouldn't have that job you wouldn't have that marriage you wouldn't have that health you would not be where you are without jesus and i shudder to think that i would be one of those guys in this story 90 percent were not thankful 90 percent and then i see this and it's like man only 10 percent are actually thankful and then on top of it jesus says and this guy's even a samaritan he ain't even one of us like whoa jeez, come on and so you know i i think one misconception we have about jesus is we think that Jesus, well, well. We, well let me I got word this correctly. Jesus is tough. Jesus is all powerful. Jesus has thick skin, but don't think that he has no emotions and don't think that he just doesn't care. He's got emotions. And in fact, in this story, it, it seems as if it was hurtful to him. Did, didn't I heal 10 guys? Wait, what was only one guy? Nobody else is even going to say thank you. That shows me that. He keeps tabs of who's thankful and who's not thankful. Well, I wouldn't think Jesus would do that. Well, apparently He did here, and well, Hebrews 13.8 says that He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if Jesus knew who was thankful then, He knows who's thankful now. And there are several times in Scripture where we see Jesus hurt and, and He wept. All right, John eleven thirty five when Lazarus died, and then in other spots it says he he looked over the city of Jerusalem and saw just all the things going on, and he wept and he hurt and he cried and he took notice and he saw people making him you know a, just disrespect in his father's house in the temple, and he flipped the tables. Jesus cares and Jesus has some emotions, and it is possible, I believe, to hurt Jesus feelings? well you couldn't do that I, I don't know I don't want to try but I think that yeah any Jesus I think that anytime you lay it all on the line for someone and sacrifice and give of everything that you are and they don't even care I think that it hurts that would hurt me have you ever sacrificed to give a gift to somebody you wanted to bless them your maybe your your kids or your wife or your husband or somebody you care about you saved up, you worked overtime, you sold things you you went the extra mile, you put everything into it, and then you just give a gift to someone they're like, "Oh um and they, what it's like they don't even care, and you put everything into that. Listen, there is literally nothing more that Jesus could have given for you. What else could he do? He gave his whole life. He, t- he was tortured and beaten and ripped and scarred. He. What else can you give besides your very last breath? He gave it all. What more do you want from him? He gave it all. And for us to not be grateful and thankful, and say, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yes, Jesus gave it all, praise God, but what I need right now is some of this. He knows who's thankful, and who's not thankful, and I just want to examine my life, and say, Jesus, forgive me if I've been an ungrateful brat at any time in my life, because I know that I have. Forgive me if I have not properly given you praise because i know that i have not given him the praise that he deserves he deserves better than what i've given him and i know that i can't repay him i'm aware of that how could you repay the only perfect person ever walked planet on earth. How can you repay uh, him given his life? My life isn't worth what his life is worth. I can't repay him, but I got to do the best that I can possibly do to give him praise, to give him thanks and magnify his name. And come on, if he says, hey, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Just show up to show up to my house and be with the brothers and sisters. Jesus, I can do that. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's hard, but Jesus, I'm going to do my best to do that. How can I show Jesus that I'm thankful? Well, Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commandments, obey my word. One thing I can do is I can at least do the best I can to obey the word of God. All right. And so the story of the 10 lepers, it shows us. That, unfortunately, the majority of people are probably not thankful to the level that they should be. I want you to see here in Psalm chapter 30. Let's look over there real quick. Psalm 30. Are you still with me tonight? Do you wish you were at home watching the Charlie Brown special on ABC and that Pastor Dave wouldn't pick on you on a holiday weekend of all times? All right. (laughs) Come on. It'll get better. It'll get better. Like I said, hey, blame the kids. I've been locked up in that house and I just, I need out. I've got a lot built up right now. <laughs> Psalm 30, verses 11 through 12. Psalm 30, verses 11 through 12. And, uh, and this is, man, just, I, one thing I love about King David is he, he was thankful. He didn't have everything together. He, he made his mistakes, but my goodness, he knew that God was faithful. And he knew how to give some things. Psalm thirty, verse eleven and verse twelve, it says, "You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent." David said, "I, I got to sing praises. I cannot be silent, O oh Lord, my God. I will give you thanks forever." Now, I realize not everybody's loud and crazy, but you can't just sit there and be silent all the time. There's got to be a point in time where you open up your mouth and give some praise and some thanks to God. And so I love that David said that here. He said that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks for ever and so david was taking a moment here to remember what god had done for him and i know again i've asked but i know i know your stories god's done some pretty big things for some people in this room I've seen some pretty big healings take place in some of your bodies in this room. I've seen some pretty big deliverance. I've seen some pretty big miracles take place in this room. And so we need to give him some praise. You may not have arrived yet, but praise God, at least you've left. You're not where you used to be. Amen. You're better off than you used to be. All right. And so the third thing I'm going to say tonight is this. We're talking about what happens when you forget what Jesus has done for you. Well, one thing that happens is you become fearful, and uh, and that's a, a bad enough situation right there. But the, leading all the way to this, number three, you become unfaithful. And, you know, that's sad to me, uh, because I, again, it's a progression when you start to forget what jesus has done you start to you know you start to back off a little bit at a time and in in, in, uh, revelation 3 jesus told the church he said hey i wish that you were either cold or hot but i don't want you to be lukewarm because i will just have to spit you out of my mouth and that sounds like a crazy thing but jesus says hey uh, somebody that's lukewarm what's lukewarm it means you are complacent you are uh you're just on the fence you're 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 just eh, whatever and, and 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 that makes jesus so so turned off that he just doesn't want anything to do with that and 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 nobody becomes lukewarm just instantly it's a gradual a progression of events. And so I'm not, you know, I've, I've never seen somebody that's just hot on fire for God, coming to church three times a week, serving, tithing, giving, uh, blessing people, reading their Bible every day, and then just instantly whoop, pump the brakes, just instantly go from hot to lukewarm It's a progression. You start to back off just a little bit here, just a little bit there. You start to forget just a little bit of the goodness of God. You start to no longer remember where you came from to where you are right now. And and after a while, you reach this place of being lukewarm. And that's a dangerous spot to be in because you eventually become unfaithful. And a lot of times in marriages that have grown cold, it's because they forget all the good times that they've had together. And all the things that they've made it through. And when you look back over time, and that's a beautiful thing about being married, you know, a long time. Praise God. What a testimony. My... You know, our goal if we got married at nineteen, I I want to make it to like seventy five years of marriage and then I'm you know, I'll die at ninety five. That's cool, whatever. But but listen, I just want to be married for to be able to look back on like seventy five years of marriage or something and say Man, look at all the times we could have quit. Look at all the stupid things that we made it through together. It's just beautiful uh to, to look back and and, and and reminisce and think about all the wonderful, wonderful times, all the things that you've been through together. And when you don't ever think about those things anymore, you things start to cool off. Things start to, you know, you start start to just eh, become complacent, and that's how it is in any relationship throughout the old testament the israelites would continuously lose interest and wander off you see it time and time again that's i mean the story of the old testament you constantly see this where where god does a miracle and god absolutely just does a life changing thing and everyone's excited about it for a while Then, you know, it's they get a little distance between the miracle and where you are right now. And they start to lose interest and wander off and they became unfaithful time and time again. And in one of the strangest stories of the Bible, to me, anyway, I think it's one of the weirdest stories in all of scripture. But uh, God asked the prophet Hosea. He's like, listen. My people, they've broken my heart time and time again. They are continuously unfaithful to me. Hosea, I've got a special assignment for you. I'm gonna use your life as an example, as an illustration to everybody. Hosea, I need you to marry a prostitute. And like, what? Said, yeah, read the book of Hosea. And so, he tells Hosea, the prophet, there's this prostitute named Gomer. And I'm like, well that's, there's so many red flags over this relationship, not the least of which is that the woman's name is Gomer. So that's just, I mean, that's just a dead giveaway. Like this is probably not going to work out. Dolly. So anyway, so he's like, you need to marry old Gomer over here. All right. She, hey, she's a prostitute, but I need you to marry her. And, and this is, your life is now going to serve as a miserable example of what my people do to me. And so time and time again. Hosea's good to her, you know, provides for her and loves her and receives her and accepts her. And then she goes running off with some guys. And then he's heartbroken and, and then she comes back and says sorry and, and, and he forgives her and gives her another chance. And it happens time and time and everyone's like, this is awful! Get rid of her! Dump her! Why do you even love her anymore? And, and God is speaking through this strange story and saying, Hey, everybody that's judging them over here. Listen, that's what you guys do to me. I take you back again and you break my heart and you're unfaithful to me, and you cheat on me and you backstab me, and you, and then I, I forgive you and give you another chance, and you do it all over again, time and time again, yet every time, no matter how unfaithful and bad you are to me, I'm still faithful and good to you. Like, oh, wow. Golly, what a crazy example. But truthfully, that's how a lot of people treat Jesus. No matter how good he is to us, how many times he takes us back and gives us another chance, we end up forgetting and cheating and and walking away. And I mean, this sounds so harsh. This sounds so cruel. But I want us tonight to realize that he has been so so good to us and i just know in my life he deserves better from me he deserves my absolute all i want to look at one last verse here second timothy chapter 2 verse thirteen. 13 second timothy 2 verse 13 praise god amen are you still with me tonight i haven't run you off or scared you off or anything right okay praise god sunday is going to be encouraging good tidings of great joy come back sunday you're going to love it it's going to be it's going to be fantastic 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13, but it is it is imperative that we recognize and we never forget what he's done for us. He's been better to us than we deserve, that's for sure. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13, it's a beautiful verse, and uh, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, if we are unfaithful, praise God, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. At his core, at the essence of who Jesus is, he is faithful. (laughs) And even when we've been unfaithful, my gosh, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. And so I I challenge us tonight. I, I remind us. I encourage us. I implore us to remember That God has been so good to us. And I realize, hey, we've got a house full of people tonight that, that they love the Lord. You guys love the Lord. And, uh, and you, you recognize, you give him praise. You, you're here, you're, 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 you're doing your thing, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I just want to remind you tonight how important thankfulness and thanksgiving is in your life. And when we begin to, lose sight of what he's done. Yeah, we do. Things will scare. We'll we'll become fearful. We'll open the door to fear over things that should not be scaring us. Things that should not be scaring us. And, 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 And we'll begin to eventually get to a place of just lukewarm and unthankful and, un- and unfaithful and and that is not how we need to be living our lives in these last days he's been faithful to us i propose that we stand up tonight and we give jesus some praise and we give jesus some thanksgiving for what he's done in our lives amen let's raise our hands together tonight thank you for listening to this podcast for more information visit hdwc.org